Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly of God podcast. Please join us at 9, 11 a.m. at the main campus. And 11 a.m. at the Monk's Corner, Remount, and North Charleston campuses. Thank you for listening, and we hope that God blesses you through doing so. All right, welcome to Faith. Good to see everybody today. How many is great? Happy to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. I'm excited about the Word, and how many has been excited about this series we've been walking through? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking a little fruity, because we're walking through the gifts of fruit this morning. And we should be, right? We should be looking a little fruity at this point, with the love and all the joy and the peace and faithfulness. Man, it's good stuff that's happening. And I'm enjoying every minute of it. Listen, Pastor, thank you so much for the opportunity to preach today as you're here. Uh, We're going to go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And if you could stand with me today for the reading of God's Word. And I'm going to start in verse 16 today. Verse 16. I'm going to read verse 17 and then 22 and 23. It says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16... So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. And if you skip to verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Lord, I pray that this morning that you would take every one of our lives. And as we ta- you take our lives, I pray that we would be able to look at the Word of God and be able to compare it and say, Lord, maybe we need to line up our life with your Word. I pray that you would speak into every heart that is here today, somehow, some way. That when we leave this place, that we would be different. Transformed by your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. Let me begin this morning by telling you a story about three young people that are playing together. And two of those young people are about four years of age. Two brothers, as a matter of fact. And you can probably imagine two brothers playing together. Especially with a superhero figure like Superman, and as they begin to play, one boy says to the other boy, I want to play with it now. How many's ever heard that before? That's when you know there's big trouble coming. And when the boy says, I want that now, the other one says what? No, it's mine. And then all of a sudden, the fight ensues. And then they take the superhero, which I don't understand, and begin to bash each other with the superhero in the head. And then, then the parents are kind of, they've seen it for so long, they're just going to watch and see what happens this time. But all of a sudden, a young girl kind of walks up, because she's the sister, and she knows how these two, she walks right into between them, and she kind of pushes them like a superhero herself and says, listen, a little kindness, please. And the boys start crying like boys do, right? And they cry and they go on their own way. But you know what? I take that story this morning because we live in such a world today that is chaotic. 
for some reason, people are taking the things that they have and, and maybe beating others, but being unkind in words and in their, their physical bodies. There's places all across this land today, Egypt, as what we've heard even in the last week, that this world is in desperate need. It's messed up. And it is waiting for one of us, a believer in Christ, to step in and say, listen, a little kindness, please. It's waiting for one of us to say, listen, I want to get involved in the mess a little bit. And you know what? When you talk about kindness, when you talk about goodness, you've got to get involved in the mess. So my question to you this morning is this, are you going to get involved in the mess? The chaos, maybe, the the uncomfortableness of getting involved and saying, Lord, I want to be used of you. When you do that, you know that God's grace and his mercy fills your life and he's able to help you in those times of need. Amen? What is goodness? What is kindness? Kindness is, is defined as maybe a kindly disposition toward others. And then when you look at goodness, goodness can be defined as, as one Greek scholar said, goodness is a kindly activity on the behalf of somebody else. So here you have this kindness and you have this goodness. And being kind, I believe, is it's a way of living in life. Amen? It is this force without force. Think about that. It is so forceful. Watching someone be kind, watching somebody be good in life, it is awesome to see. It is something to behold, but it is a force without force. Jesus spoke of these two fruits, but he called them by a different name. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 5 this morning. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 5, because he kind of talks about these words, but he uses two different words. Two words that I believe that we're all familiar with, especially if you've grown up in church, But I'm going to use them this morning because I believe it's going to speak life into you. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead... They put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house, and in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So do you see that all of a sudden salt is a type of the fruit of kindness? It brings the seasoning and savoriness to the world. And when God said, you know what, I want you to be a salt of the earth, he wants you to bring seasoning to the places he's planted you. And then he also says this, uh, light is kind of like a type of goodness. And he says, you know what, I want you to be good to the world that you're going to be planted in. I want you to bring goodness. He says it in Matthew uh, 5 like this, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. Because why? Goodness is an outward quality. It speaks of doing good. So God has called us what? To show kindness and goodness, but maybe in the form of salt and light in this world. Man, that's good right there. You see, when a believer's salt or kindness is savory towards another, then his light will automatically shine through the manifestation of his good works. But let me tell you this, in order to get to that place, Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, I have a choice today to live in such a way as for kindness to get into my life and goodness to get out of my life. 
into somebody else in the form of salt and light. So what? So I can see what God is doing in my life and others can see. But there's a prerequisite to this. That you have to live for the Lord. You have to allow His life, His Spirit, His Word to get into your life. And the more it gets into your life, the more you can have what? Kindness and goodness everywhere you go. In Colossians, Paul says this. You know what? I love the book of Colossians, especially for new, new people who've come to, into the faith. It kind of gives you a guideline. What does it mean to live by the Spirit of God? What does it mean to take your earthly nature, set it aside so that you can live for Christ? And he gives us some instructions. He starts in verse 5, and this is what he says. He says, I want you to put to death some things in your life. If you've come to the Lord, if you're walking in the Lord, you want to become better at following him, there's some things that you need to put to death. What is that? He says it's sexual immorality. Put it to death. Impurity. Lust. Evil desires. And greed. And then he says in verse 10, I want you to rid yourselves of some things. He says, I want you to rid yourselves of anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. So he says, I want you to put to death some things. I want you to get rid of some things. And then he says this in Colossians 3.12, which I love. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, I'm a chosen people. How about you? Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And when it says there, I want you to clothe yourself, when you look at that word in the Greek, it says, I want you to put something on. I want you to put it on every day. I want you to put on compassion. I want you to put on kindness. And when we do that, our world changes for the good because of what we have done through Christ. Paul says kindness, it's a choice. It's something you can choose. And when we begin to put on those things, we should say in the morning, when you wake up, you should say, man, what kind of attitude, what kind of fruit am I going to put on today? Well, all of it (laughs) would be a good start. How about love? Man, I need some love. And maybe you can wake up in the morning and say, honey, maybe you need to put a little kindness on today. (laughs) You can do that one time. And she's going to say, you need to put on a little love today. I remember this. It talks about putting on things. I remember back uh, years ago, um, if you did something on Saturday morning, how many remember? I mean, it wasn't shower time. You're going to Lowe's, Walmart, wherever. You just throw something on. And there used to be these things that you could buy at Walmart, these incredible outfit called sweatpants. (laughs) Colored sweatpants. The red, the blues, you could get uh, sweatpants and the top. How many has ever seen on a Saturday morning in Walmart the sweatpant family? (laughs) Just whole red coming through Walmart. It's like, oh yeah, they didn't shower today. (laughs) They decided to put something else on, right? It's okay though. But you see, in order to cultivate and grow fruit in my life, I must choose to walk in the Spirit so others, listen to this, can pick the fruit from my life. Listen, that fruit is not just for me. I'm not to gorge myself on love, joy, peace, and patience. It's supposed to exude from me, but guess what? It's for people to look at and say, man, I want some of that. I mean, I I grew up being picked on. Be five foot six your whole life. Well, most of it, you know what I'm saying. 
people pick on you. But when you get love and joy and peace in your life, guess what? Come pick on me all you want. Because if I'm giving away the fruit, that's good stuff. Amen? So in order to cultivate and grow the fruit in my life, I'm going to walk in what God wants me to do. Now listen to this. A belief, no matter how sincere, if not reflected in reality, isn't a belief, it's a delusion. Let me say that again. A belief, no matter how sincere, if not reflected in reality, isn't a belief, it's a delusion. Kyle Ottoman said that, and not a fan. I say that because sometimes we have the impression that we are walking around with all this kindness and love and joy and goodness, but there is actually no fruit. There's no outward experience of that. And so we can't live in the delusion like it's there when it's really not there because we've got to be walking in the Spirit and what God wants us to do every day. He calls us to do that. So listen to this. The fruit of kindness is comparable to the qualities of salt upon the earth. So I want to give you some of those comparisons this morning. So I'm going to give you number one. You can follow along in your outline if you'd like. It says this. Salt can be used as a fertilizer to prepare the soil for bearing fruit like kindness can prepare a heart. You see, kindness prepares the hearts of unbelievers for receiving the implantation of the seed of reconciliation, new birth in Christ. It's his kindness that does that. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 and 5. Let me read it for you. It says this, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God Our Savior appeared. He saved us, not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Why should I be kind? Because God is kind to me. That's how it all began. I don't know about you, but that's how my life all began. Because of His kindness, because of His love, I experienced it and I wanted more of it. So I invited Him into my life. Ephesians 2.8 in the Living Bible says, Because of His kindness, you have been saved through trusting Christ. You see, many people who experience this salvation do so because they first experience the kindness of God. And when an unbeliever experiences God's kindness, the soil of their heart is prepared to receive the seed of the Word, His life-transforming Word into our lives. And when He hears that Word... Of regeneration, his receptive heart accepts that seed. And what happens? It produces fruit and it begins to grow and grow and grow. As we get into the word and prayer and worship, it begins to grow. Why should I be kind? Because I'm an expression of God's kindness to the world. That's why I should be kind. Believers who are the salt of the earth are God's expression of his kindness. That's what we're here to do. To be the salt of the earth. To be the light of the world. And sometimes this takes the form of of two different places. I'm an expression of God's kindness at home. I mean, very simply, maybe you are a, a wife here today and your husband is not saved. And you say, what do I do? How do I show him kindness? How do I show him goodness in this life that I'm living? Well, go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 and 4. And it gives you some instructions that you can follow. It says, wives, in the same way, submit to your husbands, to yourselves. To your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by what? The behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of of your lives. 
You know, here's an interesting thing. Did you know that people can even get saved, come to know the Lord, by not even our words, but our actions? Because they see the fruit in our lives. They see the love and the joy, and they say, I want to pick some of that fruit. I like that. It's because of our behavior, not even our words. If you're a wife here, then your husband is not saved. Be encouraged. Live a lifestyle of evangelism before them, like his word says. Number two, I'm an expression of God's kindness in public. You know what? How can we as believers be rude and expect a favorable response when we try to witness to the people outside our four walls? We've got to have that love within our lives, the kindness and the goodness exuding from our lives. You know what? Sometimes this happens at, at places maybe we, we don't even know or it seems even possible, but maybe even on a Sunday or during the week, but especially on Sundays, some of us will go to restaurants today. And we'll sit there and we'll have a meal and there will be a waitress, maybe a single mom, just a mom struggling through life, going through life, a, a gentleman doing the same thing. And you know what? They're looking at us, coming into our suits and our ties, and they're saying, I wonder if they're real. I wonder if what they learned on Sunday morning is what they're really living right here in this restaurant in the afternoon. Let me tell you, be kind to them. Love them. Appreciate them. Show them goodness. I remember a long time ago, going to college, I went near Branson, Missouri for a while, um, and I remember going into Outback, and Outback, it wasn't like the chain Outback, it was a different style of Outback, and um, kind of served steaks and different things, but man, when you walked in, they had this dessert called the Mud Ball. It doesn't sound good, but let me explain it to you this morning. It was, it was fried ice cream, covered with cornflakes, with a bunch of chocolate all over it. I know I lost four of you right now. Please stay, don't go. And it was like six bucks, and this is almost, this is like 20 years ago, and my buddy Matt and I would walk in, and, and we would be kind to the waitress. We'd say, listen, if you will bring us one of those mud balls for free... We'll give you half of what it cost, an extra tip. You know what happened every time we went in? The end of our meal, we had a nice mud ball laying right there. And I call it BPL. You know what that means? Before Pastor Larry, I ever met Pastor Larry, I kind of was developing those skills of couponing and trying to do the best that I could in, in food situations. And so I knew when I came here, it was a great fit just to get that good deal. Now, I want to be honest with you this morning. I, it probably wasn't the most ethical thing to do, but I, I will say that um, I enjoyed that mud ball. We're way off target, aren't we? <laughs> but today, if you go out, be kind and good to the people because you represent Christ in life. Amen. Amen. Number two, salt can be used as an antiseptic for cleansing the mouth, just like kindness can cleanse. You know, it starts with the heart, but now it moves to our mouth. It gets a little tougher, it seems, because like salt, the fruit of kindness has antiseptic qualities that make it useful as a mouthwash. I don't know how, about, how, how many in here, but I remember as a kid, probably growing up, that if you got a sore throat, the first thing you did was not hit the Tylenol, you hit the salt water. You need to gargle some warm salt water. 
Well, after throwing up, after gargling that, I had two dilemmas. But you know what I'm talking about. You see, as the fruit of kindness is developed in the heart of a believer and manifested in his mouth, it'll clean up his words. And if you've never been cleaned up with your words, maybe you've had the word done that to you and allowed that to happen, and maybe your mother or your father has used soap in your life. The word works a lot better. It's a lot quicker and it doesn't taste as bad, right? But what happens in our life, it enables us to fulfill Ephesians 4, 29. Listen to what it says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You see, kindness does several things. Kindness will enable you to turn away wrath. What do I mean by that? In Proverbs 15, one says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. It turns it away. You see, some of us in this room, we're wired to stir up trouble for some reason. And the Word of God does this. It begins to unwire us to make sure that our life and what we do lines up with His Word. Our actions, our words, everything that we do. And I know that there have probably been times in all of our lives that we've been to that place and we've said things, we have done things in our life that we should not have done or said. All that division, all that conflict, all the bitterness, all the contention, that it only would have been stopped if I would have what? Stopped my mouth. It would have changed the course maybe of the direction of my life. But we are righteous people and we need to say the right things. We need to say the godly things. Here's another thing kindness will enable you to do. It will enable you to withhold wounds. Listen to Proverbs 18.8 in the King James Version. The words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. You see the word talebearer in the King James Version also could be used. It means whisperings which means unkind words that are spoken. NIV talks about a talebearer being a gossip. You see, unkind words are very hurtful to people. And it leaves, what happens is it leaves these deep, festering wounds over time because they are never dealt with. The conflict, the bitterness, the outrage, whatever it is, it is never dealt with. So all of a sudden, it begins to scar your life. And then you have to go back. There always has to be those times where you go back and ask forgiveness. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Honey, I'm sorry. I've said the wrong things. And you'll be able to begin to... Make what God does into your life. He does this. He transforms us through that word. Now let me ask you a quick question. If God gave you a dollar this week for every kind word that you said, and he took away a dollar for every unkind word that you said, how much money would you have? Hmm. Some of us would be withdrawn. (laughs) And if you find yourself in that place of being withdrawn because you said so many unkind words, you repent, God, forgive me. And you go to that person and you ask what? For forgiveness. You see, Proverbs 18 says, the power has the tongue, the the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You see, words possess the power to wound the heart like nothing else can. And we say things and we do things. And, and, and we hear people say things, and we, we, we participate in saying things about people sometimes when we're even joking, but sometimes, here's what happens. They go away thinking this. I wonder if he really meant some of that. 
Because sometimes in all sarcasm, there's just a little bit of truth and you never know what the truth is. But what helps that is having a deep relationship with somebody. If you do that, make sure you have a deep relationship with somebody who trusts you and knows you in that manner. But if you don't, you don't know what to say. I remember this happened to me in seventh grade. I'll never forget having licks by my principal in the seventh grade because of my words not being able to control my words. I remember this kid named Danny Dill, and everybody picked on him, and I was the one who would just join right in. God forgive me for doing that. And I later became friends, but whenever we'd pick on Danny Dill, everyone would call him Danny Dill, and they would add pickle. And I did that one too many times, going into some classroom, I said, hey, Danny Dill Pickle. He turned around and whop right in the eye. I deserved every bit of it. I stood back and I thought, oh my goodness, I've said way too much. That's when you know it's way too late. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in the most dreaded places of all, the boiler room. And that sounds like that someone's, I mean, your, your life is over. They throw you in that thing and it's done. But it was the place that he did the school and the principal took you down there and gave you some licks. And it was the only time I ever had licks in school. I learned a lesson. Because what we say is so important. It destroys, it hurts, it it does something to people that nothing else will. Sometimes even a physical slap of somebody, they'd rather have that than the words spoken to them. In a harsh way. Why? We don't know. You see, we should be careful with what we say, how we say it, to whom we say it. And when we grow in Christ, when we walk in the Spirit, here's what happens. When we walk in the Spirit of God, we begin to understand and we don't react to things. We respond in a proper way and we say the right things. We say the right things in a kind way, a good way, and because we allow the Lord to work in our lives. Kindness can cleanse. And number three today, listen to this. Salt can be used to enhance flavor just like kindness can taste great. I don't know about you, but if you were to go to the biggest metropolitan area and the greatest restaurant where the plate is thousands of dollars, they will have salt on that table. And you can go to a remote village in Ecuador and where there is nothing, and guess what? You'll find salt. It is universal. It tastes the same no matter where you shake it. Just a little salt. How many in this house are tomato lovers? How many? Oh, I, love, I, I love it when you take a fresh tomato. I got 16 of them at the house right now. You slice it. It falls over. Because you enjoy every moment. And you pour salt on it. And then you just eat it. Oh man, I can feel it now. How about you? You know what is so bad? As when you have a salt shaker that nothing comes out of it. I've got one at the house right now. It's got the, the hole is so small that a salt will get in there and nothing comes out of the salt shaker. And I'll sit there for about five minutes and my family will say, Dad, that's enough salt. What are you doing? And I'll say, it's not coming out. And I'll keep salting it and trying to Put some more on there. Now remember, salt is like kindness, right? If God were to take you and shake you, how much kindness or salt would come out? 
Are you allowing the Lord to what? Move through your life, into your life, so that when he shakes you, when he moves you, when he says, I want you to do this or that, that when he does that, salt and kindness flows out of your life. Some of us may have a a few holes and places that are stuffed up where nothing is coming out, and I would encourage you to get rid of it. Get rid of it so God can flow through your life. The spirit of the living God can flow through your life. You see, just as salt is no respecter of restaurants, the fruit of kindness is no respecter of persons. Regardless of how unsavory a meal might be, you can transform a bad meal into a good meal with just the shake of a salt shaker. Most of the time. So it leads us to do this, is that we need to be salty with unbelievers. You see, many times we go to such an extreme to separate ourselves from sin that we become unkind to sinners. And the separation from the world, how it, it does not imply being rude to those, to those who are uh, unbelievers. I think it would require more grace, more mercy, more kindness, more love, more joy to reach out to people who need the Lord. So how, how can we as believers expect to fertilize the hearts of sinners if we are not kind to them? We're all sinners. I just happen to be saved by grace. God's grace has saved me. His mercy has saved me. And His grace is for us today. You know what? I, I don't know about you. Back to the, the restaurant thing, going to having a waitress. I've been at restaurants before, my wife and I, where I think there is a big sign on my face that says, please tell me all of your difficulties in life today. But the good thing is this, listen, I see that as an opportunity. Because we've been able to pray with waitresses and say, hey, we want to pray with you right here. You mean right here? They'll be crying. I don't know, not all the time, but it's happened before. But I'm thankful for that. Why? It's an opportunity to be kind and allow the goodness of God to flow out of our lives. And you probably have those opportunities as well. But sometimes we're guilty of turning the kindness on and off, depending on the circumstance. You see, we should be kind to to unbelievers as we are to our own church body, and even more. And we should embody our mission statement connecting to Christ and experiencing life. And believe that everyone who walks through the doors of faith, the simile of God, they can connect to the same God that I connect to. They can experience the same love that I can experience. Amen? And God does something incredible in our lives, but also our church family. So God desires that that fruit of kindness so saturate faith, the simile of God, that he might send people our way. Because he knows that if they go there, if I send them there, man, they're going to be loved. Those people at Faith Assembly are going to be so kind to them and welcome them in because I love them. And God desires that that fruit of kindness is be cultivated and developed, I believe, among Faith Assembly to an even greater degree. But that will only happen as we begin to seek Him. Seek His face and say, Lord, I want more of you so I can grow fruit in my life so others can come pick the fruit off my life. Amen. You know what? God wants us to be salty. He wants you to be salty with your family. Sometimes we have trouble being kind to the... We, we're, we're good at being kind to those outside the four walls and, and when we're not around our family, but sometimes when it comes to our family, sometimes we're not the most loving kindness. Sometimes the moment our foot crosses the threshold of our home, 
we change from this kind, loving person into a helpless, thoughtless, rude monster. Sometimes it happens. But the fruit of kindness enables us to be gentle and sweet so that the members of the family, in spite of all the little irritations that we go through, our Heavenly Father knows exactly what takes place behind the closed doors. And He is watching and He is listening and He's wanting to see the kindness and goodness in our family as well. 1 Timothy 5.8 says this, Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Take care of your family. Ephesians 5 says this in verse 28, In the same way husbands ought to love your wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. So what happens? The fruit of kindness allows a husband to love his wife no matter how she responds or reacts. And allows a wife to love her husband no matter how she responds and reacts. Why? Because it's the fruit of kindness and goodness. It's the fruit of love and joy and faithfulness exuding through their lives. And what happens? It allows us to fulfill the word of God concerning how we interact with each other as husband and wife. And even the church body. And the last one is be salty with your world. As we close today and as Kyle comes, we're going to be salty with our world. Be kind to the people that God places in your life, whether they believe or they're an unbeliever. Why? Remember, kindness and goodness, they go together. Kindness is what's on inside of you, and the goodness is what exudes from you. It's your activity. So you can't have goodness unless you have kindness. You can't have kindness unless you have God. So God leads to kindness, leads to goodness. You see, God leads to love and joy and peace and patience, and it begins to emanate through who we are in our lives. And when it comes to kindness, you know what? Good intentions don't count. You've got to make it happen. Listen to Galatians chapter 6 and 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary and listen to this, doing good. Goodness. For at a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, as we have the opportunity today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it may be, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Scripture says that when you have the opportunity, be kind, be spontaneous. Just do it. Just do it. I remember just this week, I had somebody give me in the, in the congregation a Borden free milk coupon. And we were late one night getting in, and we were at the Dollar General Tree, and I, and I had that in my pocket, and I'm like, oh no, God's going to ask me to give that thing up. <laughs> no, don't let it be, because right in front of me, this guy is getting milk. And he scans his card, his debit card, and he pushes the button, and it doesn't take. And you can feel it. Oh no, this is going to be the opportunity. My milk. And all of a sudden, he does it one more time. And guess what happens? It doesn't take. And he says, oh, never mind. 
I said, sir, if you'll go down to the pig, I got a free board milk. You'll get it. And and you know what happens? They smile and go, oh, thanks. Put it in their pocket and they go out. It, it is so awesome just to be to show goodness, to be kind. It, it, people don't expect that anymore. And it is good. So here's what God wants to do when he does that. He takes us. Remember, we're just salt. We're salt and light to this world that we've been living in. Amen? And he wants to take your life and he wants to shake it some more. He wants to take your life and he wants to shake it in your family just a little bit more to get the salt going. He wants to take your life to work, and he wants to shake your life at work just a little bit more so he can see what kindness and goodness is going to do at your work. He wants to take it to your community, and he wants to take it to the world where you live in. And he just wants to shake your life. Listen, I want to be open just to be a salt shaker for Jesus. Right? That's what we're going to be doing. That's what God has called us to do. And that's why he's calling each and every one of us to be that. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me today? And today I'm going to ask you, I want you every eye opened and just looking up here, altar workers, you can come. But maybe you're here and you've never experienced the kindness of God. You've never tasted what He is about. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And you want to experience Him and you say, you know what, I've never given my life to the Lord In just a moment, we're going to sing a song of commitment and dedication to the Lord. And this song is going to be about you and I. This altar call is really about being outside the four walls, five walls, six walls of this church. We can be kind and good inside here, yes. But what really counts is when we go out there. That today, this afternoon, when you go to that restaurant, be kind, be good. Today and tomorrow, whenever God leads you and he takes you to a place, be kind and good. Out there is where we need to go. Thanks for listening. For more, check out faithishere.org.